Good evening, church. It's good to see you this evening. I wish I could see you. I'm glad you're tuning in on another Wednesday night service. Uh, tonight, I wanted us to look at uh, our invitation. Jesus invites us, uh, first of all, to believe in Him and be saved, and secondly, to follow Him. And so, uh, the scripture text uh, for this is in uh, Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse 18. And it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. Then it goes on and it says, Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father mending their nets, and he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And so our invitation is to follow him. But it's a specific invitation in this sense. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so what Jesus is saying is this, that uh, when we follow Jesus as fishers of men, it leads to fruitful discipleship. Jesus intends us to grow, to bear fruit, and to bear more fruit. And that is what we are to do. And the main purpose is fishing for men. And so I wanted to look at that briefly tonight. And uh, let's start with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for uh, the blessings of your word and your Holy Spirit working in our lives. And Father, would you just teach us as only you can from your word and help us to not only hear but to understand and then to practice what you've taught us and to submit to your authority from your word. For we would not be forgetful hearers, hearing something and leaving it behind. It's important enough for you to talk to us and it's very important for us to listen and then to obey. We want to be faithful doers of your word, Father. And Father, continue to protect our church and our families and, and Father, lead our nation back to you. Lead us to have a revival in our nation and around the world. And you just stop this pandemic in a way that will glorify your holy name. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The story is told about a certain section along our Atlantic coastline in the United States. It was particularly dangerous. The, the tides were different. The reefs were sharp. The storms were horrid. And a lot of boats would crash there and people were drowning. A small group of men decided that they would form a life-saving station. They built a crude shack up on the beach out away from the waves. And they had one little uh, rowboat that they would all hop in and row out and pick up as many survivors from the storm as they could. And so each time uh, there was a storm approaching or, or the water was especially turbulent, the faithful few there would have a pair of binoculars and faithfully watch the sea. And when the call came, they would get up out of the shack, run to the boat and go pick up survivors. They became quite successful. As a matter of fact, several of the people who were uh, rescued by their operation wanted to be a part of the life-saving crew. And so they did, and soon they were outgrowing their building, and soon they needed more boats. And so some people would give some money, and they wanted a, a better place for those that came in. Instead of having the crude cots and a little bitty uh, shack there beside the sea, they built a building. And they put in hospital beds, and, and before too long, some nurses were volunteering, and, and it grew. But it grew to such an extent that people liked to hang out there, 
and they liked our professional crews. They didn't want to go on the rescue missions, and the original group got dissatisfied with what they were doing now. They moved on down the shore and started again in a small operation. Now, this repeated several times, and if you would go along that coastline now, you find several exclusive clubs, and there are still some shipwrecks, but most of the people drown because they quit going on their life-saving missions. And that little story illustrates a point that a church can lose its way. A church can forget that we're to follow Jesus and become fishers of men. That we literally have what they need to save their very souls. And so I want to look at this invitation from Jesus to follow him. The first thing that I want us to notice is that follow me is an encouragement uh, to have faith. In other words, here they are, literal fishermen, Jesus walking on the Sea of Galilee, and the follow me, me means leave what you know, leave what you have, and follow me. Follow me means to come be with me. In that day, uh, teachers would assemble uh, their disciples around them, and they would follow, and they would uh, be there for a long time, and then they would go out and start their own groups, and you would teach that doctrine. You would teach what the leader had ta taught. You would follow his example. And so it was an encouragement to faith. You don't know where I'm going. You don't know if this is going to be successful. You don't know all these things about what's going to happen. Jesus knew he was headed to the cross. They did not. Even after he told them that he would die on the cross and raise the third day, they did not believe him until after it happened. But here they are, and they have to leave everything and follow Jesus in faith. An itinerant preacher who said he didn't even have a place to lay his head. Uh, somebody who was, from this point forward, be constantly at odds with the religious leaders, with the powers that be, and yet they are encouraged um, to have faith. As we go along following Jesus in this world, we need to have faith that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We need to have faith that we are following his will. We need to have faith to do His will. Even when we don't understand everything that's going on, Jesus knows where He's leading us. He's already been there. He is the great I Am, the one who was and who is and who always will be. <clears throat> My father-in-law used to say, Gary, remember, our, our Savior has already walked our tomorrows. He's already been there. So he knows where he's going. We're encouraged to have faith that he does love us, that he is taking care of us, that he will lead us where he needs us to go. It's also an invitation uh, to friendship. In John chapter 15, uh, Jesus is going to say it this way. In John 15, beginning verse 12, he says, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does, know what, does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should remain and whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And these things I've commanded you that you may love one another. See, the follow me is an invitation to friendship, to literally be a friend of God. 
uh, to be those that as we walk with Him and we talk with Him and we share with Him and He communes with us. Uh, in these scriptures in John 14 through 16, those chapters, He talks about coming and dwelling with us and pitching our tent and remaining and abiding with us. And If we abide in Him and He abides in us, we will bear much fruit. That's his purpose. But in that invitation to follow him, it's an invitation to friendship, to walk with him, to experience new life, to experience God's blessings, to experience God's presence, to experience all the wonderful things from his word that as we stay with him and abide with him, he wants to reveal to us, to give us his wisdom, to give us his peace, to give us his security, uh, to rely on his power to meet our needs. It's a call to friendship. It's a call of friendship with Jesus, and it's a call of friendship with one another. We're to love one another as he loved us. And we're his disciples if we obey him, and we love him enough to obey him. And so we're called on this journey, but we're not called alone. We walk with Jesus, but others join us there. We have Christian brothers and sisters that we can depend on. We have friends that stick closer than a brother. We have those who help guide us, those who help teach us, those who walk with us in sorrow, those who rejoice with us in joy. It's a call to friendship. We're not called to be Lone Ranger Christians. We're called to work in the kingdom by the Holy Spirit's power with others. It's friendship. And it's that friendship that lasts a lifetime. Those that have been members 40 or 50 years of this church have forged friendship to the last of the day they die. Do we understand that? If you're hungry for a friend, you need to be a member of a church. And a member of the church here means you don't just attend. It means you get involved so that people actually know who you are. It means that you help with the work so people can depend on you. It means that you come to a Sunday school class. You come to Bible studies. You do the Wednesday night meals when we get to resume all these things. It means that you put your life in and they put their life in with you and together we share friendship with the Lord. So it's a call to have faith because we are in a faith walk. We walk by faith and not by sight. It's a call, an invitation to friendship with Jesus with others that he calls with us. The third thing, follow me, is an invitation with a promise of fruitfulness. It's a promise that Jesus attached fruitless with. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Do we understand that? Fishers of men, they were professional fishermen. They knew how to cast the nets. They knew how to set the lines. They knew how to catch fish and sell fish. They made their living. He is saying, I'm going to teach you how to catch men for the kingdom of God. For some of us, that might be scary. For some, that's a little bit foreign. For some, we say, oh, I don't want to bother people. But Jesus didn't say bother people. He said, you're going to catch them for the kingdom. You see, there's a whole world of people in the lost sea of sin that need to see Jesus. And they see Jesus through my life and through your life. They see Jesus in what we do and what we say and how we behave and where we go and where we don't go. And they see Jesus in a different lifestyle as we become salt and light to their dark world. And they are drawn to that. And that's when we present the gospel and they're caught for the kingdom. Now, don't worry about cleaning up people before you bring them to church. 
See, you never clean a fish till you catch a fish. Jesus takes care of the cleaning with the washing of the word, with the forgiveness of sin, with the spirit coming to reside inside of them. We're just supposed to be casting out the bait, the good news, that Jesus came. He was fully God and fully man, that Jesus lived a perfect life, that Jesus willingly, substitutionarily died in our place on the cross for my sin and for your sin. He was sinless. And then after they crucified him and buried him in that tomb, on the third day he rose from the dead. He appeared to over 40 days to all the apostles, to those that followed him, and as to many as 500 at a time. He went up off that mountain into the air, and there he resides at the right hand of the Father, constantly making intercession for us until he descends with a shout, the voice of an archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive will meet them in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Hallelujah. And all you really have to do is know John 3.16 to witness to folks, to be a fisher of men. But you see, you need to know John 3.16, but you also need to pray about who God put you into contact with. Lost folks. I have my list. Do you have yours? I pray for mine daily that they'll come to know the Lord. I have family members on there that they'll come to know the Lord. I have grandchildren on there. They'll come to know the Lord. I have neighbors that they'll come to know the Lord. I have, you get the idea? I have those I've dealt with business and I realize they need to know Jesus and I pray for them. And I pray for God if it's his will to give me a chance to witness and give me the courage to do it. And if not, then he'll need somebody else that'll be a Christian that'll follow him to become fishers of men. It's, it's got fruitfulness attached to it. I will make you fishers of men. Do we understand that? It reminds me of the psalm. Now I want you to hear this. The psalmist says... Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me when I need that rest. He makes me to lie down. He, he, he says, you've got to stop. You've got to do this. He says, I will make you fishers of men. There will be a compulsion if we're following Jesus, if we love Jesus, if we obey his commands, if, if the Holy Spirit has control and we're praying, he will make us to become fishers of men. That desire will be there. It'll be scary. It'll be something that we can't get away from. It'll be something we have to do to be right with the Lord. He makes us fishers of men. So that was the third point. He, he, he encourages us to faith. It, it's an invitation to friendship. It, it's a promise that, that we'll be fruitful by becoming fishers of men. But the fourth thing, it's an invitation uh, to a challenging fulfillment of life. What do I mean by that? I didn't say this was going to be easy. Anytime you invade Satan's kingdom, there's resistance. Anytime you're doing exactly what God wants, you become a target. But it's still worth it. Do we understand what Jesus said? See, Jesus had some things to remind us of uh, in these verses in John. And, uh, <clears throat> and what he says, I'm looking for it. Uh, just a second. Jesus says in John 15, 12, this is my commandment. Uh, I read that one to you. And then in John uh, chapter 10, verse 10, he reminds us of something. He says, 
in verse 14, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and know by my sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. But in verse 10, he told us that there were others that had come and they weren't the good shepherd. And he says this in verse 10, the thief, the devil, does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. You see, he's saying what the devil's purpose was, to steal our joy, to kill our experience, uh, to destroy our witness so that we can't work. But he says, I've come that you might have love, life, and more abundance. It's an invitation to a challenging fulfillment. And then in John 16, verse 33, he says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. All right? In other words, we're to tell folks about it. It's a way we're challenged with the different obstacles in life, but we're challenged in a way that we pass the test. See, the test is will we keep the focus on the focus? Do we get distracted? I've often gotten distracted. The main thing wasn't the main thing, and I have to be steered back. God has to remind me by tapping me on the shoulder, tapping me on the head, and, and going forward. Do we understand that? And it's an invitation to a challenging fulfillment because he said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundant. What could be more abundant than leading others to know the Savior, to the relationship that we have? What could be more abundant than seeing lives change, seeing families put back together, seeing those who are in darkness come to the light, those who are in pain come uh, to, to joy, those who are suffering to be relieved of it by the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working in lives. We didn't choose Him, He chose us. and He chooses others and we're supposed to spread the word. And the last thing I'm going to say is this. Follow me is invitation to fun. Don't ever let people tell you that Christians are no fun. We've got this bad reputation. They know what we stand against, but they don't know what we stand for. We stand for good, clean, biblical fun. We stand for families. We stand uh, for joy. We stand for people becoming all that they can be in God's creation. We stand for loving one another as Christ loved us. We stand for what is right, moral purity, to be holy because our God is holy. We stand for growing in Christ and having eternal life that's abundant joy. See, it's a life of fun. Christians have more fun than anybody I know because we remember what we did the night before. We remember what it's like to look forward to meeting together again with Jesus. It's a call to fun. It's a call to a good life. It's a call to a life that is worth it. It's a call to peace because he says, my peace I give to you. It's a call to contentment that this life isn't all there is and there's more meaning than what this life gives and we find it in Jesus Christ. How much more fun do you want than that? To know your life counts for something. To know you're special in God's eyes. We were each special enough that he sent Jesus to die in our place. We're each special enough that Jesus wants to fellowship with us. We're each special enough that he gives us the Holy Spirit to reside inside of us and gifts us to carry on the kingdom work while he's gone. It's a call to follow me. Have you followed Jesus yet? Do you need to ask him to be your Lord and Savior publicly? Have you surrendered in such a way that you're doing his will? that you love him enough to obey him, to follow him wherever it may lead, to follow him to become fishers of men. 
Do you need to come in rededication? Do you need to join this church by baptism or letter or statement? What is it Jesus would have you do when he says, Come, follow after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Ladies, that applies to you, fishers of women. Many of you have a great impact on women around you that you work with or that you sew with or you cook with or you do other things with that do not know Jesus, and God is calling you to fish for them. Some of you are good with children or good with youth. And God is calling you to influence them for Jesus Christ. To be fishers for them. We need you. Christ needs you. Not only that, He expects us to do it. There is no plan B. It's up to us. If this generation passes and is lost on our watch, then we weren't the good watchmen that God wanted us to be. We're like the guy who sits in the church or sits in the clubhouse and pay somebody else out to go and rescue those from the sea rather than getting up and doing the work that was in the club's charter. They were a life-saving place. The church is God's sob for mankind. Evangelism is God's cry for the world. And we're supposed to be involved. Follow Him and we shall become fishers of men. Have a good evening and we'll see you next Wednesday. I'm glad you tuned in. Take care now. Call us if you need us.